I just want to join in with Pastor Deacon thanking each and every one of you for your faithfulness and for your gift of yourselves to Christian Embassy by being here today, being with us uh, over these 27 years of ministry uh, to see what God birthed here 27 years ago to this place. I remember in June of 92 as I was walking the property, someone was showing it to me and they were apologizing for God's property being in the shape it was in and 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 basically, you know, what, what had happened and and all I could see was you guys. I, I was so excited. I know this gentleman thought I was crazy, but I, could, I was so excited. I said, no, this is amazing. This is amazing. And he's looking at, you know, buildings that need repair and no people and animals moved in. And, and he's thinking, man, this guy must be crazy. But God showed me you guys. I could see you all along. And to see you here in real, in reality, just just makes it so much sweeter. God is such a good God, and you are a part of God's blessings in, in our lives, and we just thank you so much for being a part of Christian Embassy, and may God bless you. And, and as you know, I, I can't help but get excited when we come around the Word. The Word is life. The Word is the bread of heaven that gives us the nourishment and the energy and, and the direction and everything we need in going into this week. And God has given me a word for you this morning, so I just want to pray and let us get our hearts and minds ready to receive. Father God, we thank you for your word that we're about to receive, Lord. We thank you, Lord, by the power of your spirit, you're going to minister your word in us and through us in such a supernatural way that your kingdom's going to expand. Lord, I pray our eyes would be open. Help us, Holy Spirit, to remove any scales from our eyes, any buffers from our ears, Lord God, that we can hear. Lord, remove any obstacles from our heart that we might perceive the truths of God and understand it, Lord God, to place faith in your word that we could have our feet, Lord God, anointed to walk it out this week and our hands empowered, Lord God, to advance your kingdom, Lord God, as you have called us to do. May you now, by your spirit, minister to us through your word, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 I, I just I came to you on assignment this morning, as I, I often do, and I just know that I know God has a word for us that from this day forward, I want you to go ahead and get it, from this day forward, go ahead and claim it, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Not tomorrow, not next week, it begins right now, it begins right now, and the Lord's going to show us how in His word today. So uh, if you'll hear this, if you'll believe this, if you'll receive this, I know there's going to be a shift into high speed. I mean, you're going into hyperdrive, moving forward into this week beginning today. And I want that for some of you so bad. I'm telling you that the Lord showed me how the enemy's been holding some of you back and, God, and you desire it, you want it. Well, I'm coming alongside you today with a word from the Lord to help you shift forward in the high speed and move into all that God has for you. And I dare you, I'm telling you, I want to put a challenge before you today. I want to dare you. I want to double dog dare you. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. I just want to double dare you, come on, to put God first in every area of your life and see what happens. I dare you to put him first in every area and see what happens. We look in the Word this morning, the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, for where the moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will, will also be. Let's say that together. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then he goes on in verse 22 and he says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, then how great is that darkness? And then look in the context of that which he gives us in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot. 
Now, if God says you cannot, I guarantee you there's no way you can get around it. There's no exception to the rule. When God says you cannot, I believe Him. And He says you cannot serve God and mammon. And then he says, because of this, you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. He says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry. Don't worry. If you put God first, you don't have to worry about life and what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and about your body and what you're going to put on. If, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, he repeats it. Don't worry. Don't worry what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. So here's what he says. Verse 33. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that stuff, all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Remember he just said, you can't serve God in mammon. You can't. It's impossible. So you've got to make a decision who you're going to put priority and first in your life. Seek first. God's kingdom is righteousness. And then all the stuff is going to be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, I want to challenge you. I want to stomp my foot and challenge you. I want to shake my fist. I challenge you. I want to do whatever I can and dare you. I dare you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then watch what he'll do in and through you. I dare you. Seek first his kingdom. See, Jesus... He mentions the kingdom over 120 times in the four Gospels. Over 120 times Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and he only mentions the church three times. Wow! We put more emphasis on the church than the kingdom. See, that we're not to build the church. Jesus is building the church and the church is an embassy of ambassadors that are advancing the kingdom of God. We are to advance the kingdom of God. That's why he teaches us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I dare you, I dare you to put the kingdom of God first in every area of your life. Get rightly aligned with the word of God and see what God will do in you and what he will do through you. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a Bible story going back in Bible history to show you what I mean here. Here's a history lesson going from that book that you've probably been reading all week, Haggai. And you know, Haggai, I'm sure all of you just spent a lot of time in Haggai, but you know, if not, in chapter 2, uh, we're about 538 B.C., okay? And what happens at the verse that we're going to be looking at, 70 years prior to this, the Babylonians came in and they captured the people of God, captured Israel, and they, as they invaded Israel, they destroyed the temple. Now remember, in this economy of God is where God had set the temple up as the meeting place where His presence was. It's where the sacrifices took place. It's where atonement, it's where heaven intersected with earth was at this time in God's economy was at the temple. The temple was the presence and the place of God. Well, the enemy came in and destroyed the temple and they took all of the influential, the strong, and the wealthy captives back to Babylon. I mean, they took them as prisoners. They said, we're going to change your culture. We're going to change your language. We're going to change everything about you. This, this place called Israel and this God you serve, you forget about all of that. Forget about it. Okay. Now, it's been 70 years, and during that time, the Babylonians get conquered by the Persians. So remember, the people of God is in Babylonia, and now the Persians come in, and they're in charge, and they had a different foreign policy. 
And God moves on the heart of the king of Persia, which is Cyrus, and tell, and, and as God, he's an evil king. I mean, he's not serving God, but God can talk to whoever he wants to talk to. God can even talk through a donkey if he wants to, okay? And uh, he speaks to the heart of the King Cyrus, and, 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 and he knows that I'm supposed to send these Israelites back to Israel with a financial stimulus package so they can go and rebuild their country. So you knew this was of God because God has a covenant with Israel. Even to this day, he has a covenant with Israel. And let me tell you what, here God is moving through evil men to not only let them go uh, out of of bondage into that to rebuild their land, but giving them a, a financial stimulus package to do it with. So how amazing is that? So the Israelites, they move back to Israel. They've got this stimulus uh, plan, and, uh, and when they get back there, there's no large trees in the area there. So what they do is they uh, contact Lebanon, and they start importing these rare and expensive trees from Lebanon, these cedars of Lebanon. They start bringing them in, and as they cut them up, they make them uh, into panels, and they panel their homes. So they take the money that this king that God has moved on his heart to give them financial stimulus package to go back and rebuild the country. Their priority is on themselves. They're building their houses and they're putting all of the money into this expensive paneling of wood that they're bringing from Lebanon into their homes. So all the focus is on themselves. You got to be careful when you get the focus only on you, right? Now, 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 again, don't forget the dispensation of the economy of God. If there's no temple, it means no God, no place for his presence, no place for the sacrifices, no place for a reconciliation, no place for the atonement. And they've not even thought about the temple. They're building their own houses. So, uh, you know, it's like they didn't see how God brought them out of this bondage and brought them back to their land. Uh, The prayers were answered, but it's like when God answers our prayers, we have this tendency, before you throw stones on these Israelites, we have this tendency to let spend it all on ourselves. It's all about our comfort. It's all about us. All about us. Well, guess what? God is not pleased and he says so. He lets them know. So he sends this prophet, his name is Haggai, and he tells him to tell the people, how dare you? You cried out to be delivered from bondage. I raised up a foreign government with a different foreign policy that would be sensitive to the moving of my spirit to get you out of bondage and get you back into your homeland. And you have not, what have you done? You've done nothing but build your fancy paneled houses under yourself. You have forgotten the very God that brought you here. You for, the God that had that, that wealth of the wicked transferred over to the righteous, you've not even given me credit for giving you this money. Here you're bringing these cedars in from Lebanon and you're paneling your own houses and you've not even put one stone in the direction of building up my temple. And remember, the temple in this economy of, of time is the pre, where the presence of the Lord was. So the prophet preaches this word and the people repent before God. They repent and they change their ways. And immediately they start making plans to build the temple. They said, oh my goodness, Lord, we missed it. We missed it. Please forgive us. And then they started getting their building committee together and how they're going to rebuild the, uh, rebuild the temple. And even before they actually put one stone building up to rebuild the temple, the Bible says that God gives them this word in Haggai 2 and 19. Here's what he says. Is the seed still in the barn? And yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree, they've not yielded fruit. God was saying, look, you've been here all this time. You've not given me priority. You've given yourself priority. And look what's it done for you. Look, the seed that you've sown. Have you gotten a harvest yet? They just couldn't make it grow. Because guess what? Man can't make it grow. God God is the one that causes things to grow. The trees you planted, look, they've not produced any fruit for you. You've not harvested any figs yet. You've not harvested any pomegranates. You've not harvested any olives. You would think you would have had a clue that I was not pleased. Okay, 
And there's maybe some of you can identify with this today where you've sown and yet not reaped and where you've given and have not yet received and where you've prayed and you've not seen those prayers yet answered. And, and I just want to encourage you that when they repented and said, God, we're so sorry. We put ourselves first. We put you first. We repent. The Bible says in verse 19, that latter part, God says, but now from this day forward, I will bless you. Now, just because they repented and changed their mind, God says, I'm going to go ahead and release the blessings on you. They had not yet even built the temple. They had not yet even got the contractors together to start chiseling the stone. But they just made the plan, we're going to put God first. We repent for what mistakes we've made. We're going to put God first. God says, that touches my heart. And I'll let you know, not next week and not next month and not next year, but from this very moment, mark it on your calendars, from this very moment forward, I will bless you. Hallelujah. So the day that God said he was going to bless them was the day they repented and put God first. Oh God, let us hear from heaven today and let us repent where we have not put you first in our lives and that we would prioritize you and seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and then everything else will be taken care of. Hallelujah. Maybe it hadn't worked yet. But I'm here to encourage somebody today. God is saying, from this day forward, I'm going to bless you. Maybe you haven't gotten your harvest yet, but God said, from this day forward, I'm going to bless you. Maybe you haven't seen your prayer answered yet, but God said, mark it on your calendar. Mark it on your calendar from this day forward. The 27th of October, mark it on your calendar. From this day forward, I'm going to bless you. Maybe your kids hadn't turned out right yet, okay? But from this day forward, I'm going to bless your children. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your marriage. I'm going to bless your relationship. You say, well, my finances hadn't turned around yet. I'm here to encourage you. You, you say, well, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. Let me tell you what. Put God first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And from this day forward, he's going to bless you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to increase you. Heaven is going to be manifested on earth in and through your life. Hallelujah. You say, well, I hadn't seen my healing fully manifest yet. Well, from this day forward, God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you with provision. God is going to bless you with protection. God is going to bless you. All you got to do is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He's going to bless you by keeping His promise to you. Hallelujah. This, this is so much more than just a little scripture. This is a promise from heaven. It's a promise from heaven. And all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And I say to you, I say, if there's a stubborn spirit over you right now, I say to that stubborn spirit, go. That deaf and dumb uh, spirit, that deaf and dumb and blind spirit, I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And I say unto you that from this day forward, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And from this day forward, uh, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. He's going to bless you in your coming and you're going. He's going to bless you while you're asleep and while you're awake. He's going to bless you while you're engaged in communication with others and while you're spending solitary time with Him. You can know that the blessings of God are going to overtake you if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. From this day forward, from this day forward, God is going to bless you. That's what he says here in this verse 19. Is the seed still in the barn? Yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree, they've not yielded fruit, but from this day forward, I will bless you. This is God talking. This isn't Tim talking. This is God talking. And I want to encourage you today to trust the prophet that is speaking the word of God. As Haggai was chosen by God to speak the word of God to them in that day, he has chosen me this morning to speak this word to you. And I'm not saying I'm Isaiah or Zechariah or I'm Jeremiah or Haggai, but I'm reminding you of Acts 2 and 16 and 17 where he says that it was spoken by the prophet Joel, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy 
prophesy, I'm operating under that anointing right now. I'm operating on that right now and I'm speaking to you. And God tells us in 2 Chronicles 2 and 20, He says, trust His prophets and you shall prosper. I want to see you go to the next level. I want you to go into that which God has created, that which God has planted dreams in your heart. God has granted the desires of our heart and He's going to see it fulfilled. We just got to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Prioritize Him. Make Him first in everything. First of first in everything. And I'm telling you from this day forward, God will bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm saying if an Old Testament prophet can speak this, come on now, what can a New Testament prophet do? Because I don't know if you've read it, but Hebrews tells me that the New Covenant is better than the Old Covenant. That we have it written on it's a better promises. It's better signed and sealed by better blood, the blood of Jesus Christ himself. It's mediated by a better high priest. The high priest is Jesus Christ himself. Come on now. How much better can you get than that? I'm telling you, the old tide could do this, but the new improved tide will do what the old tide did, but it'll do even better. Well, the old covenant is good, but the new covenant will do everything the old covenant did, but more. Hallelujah. And I'm operating as a prophet of the new covenant of God. And I say unto you what the old prophet said, as God, he spoke God's promises over his people from this day forward. God said, God said, from this day forward, I will bless you. I say by God's grace and by God's Holy Spirit and by God's word, because he's no respecter of persons, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I speak over you right now that from this day forward, God is going to bless you. Hallelujah. I come to you today with a word from God. If I didn't have a word from God, I shouldn't have come. If I didn't have a word from God, I should have stayed home, okay? But I came here on assignment. I came with a word from God, and, and it's a simple word, but it's a powerful word that will transform every area of your life. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God, repent, get in alignment. God says, from this day forward, I will bless you. Hallelujah. Okay, as under the anointing of that which Joel spoke of, I have spoken that word to you as a prophet. But now I speak to you as your pastor and teacher. And I want to teach you how to take what God has said over us and walk it out beginning right now into this week. Okay? So the first thing, as your teacher, I'm saying the first thing, here's what you got to do. You got to believe the prophet's word. You got to believe the prophet's word. As they did in that day, they believed the prophet's word was from God. And when they believed it was from God, then they acted on it. You've got to trust and believe that God is speaking through the prophet. I'm telling you, it's, it's so important. I'm telling you, it's so important to be in the right church. It's so important to be committed to that church. It's so important to be under uh, the right shepherd that is teaching God's word, that is protecting us from false teaching and that is protecting us from wolves that are hiding in sheep's clothing and, and pastors that are leading us by uh, to green pastures and to still waters. It's so important that we, we see that we're in the right place to get the right word at the right time for the right moment and that we righteously line up with that word seeing it's not the word of just a man that's fallible, but it's a word that God is bringing through the, 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 the weaknesses of man, but he's bringing it to us whole. We've got to believe the prophet's word. We have to. You've got you to you speak up for yourself. You've got to evaluate. You know, you know, people talk to you all the time. Are oh, you in the wrong church? Are you in this? Or why are you, you, know, you should just be doing this and being that. The devil is a liar. You've got you to gotta say, wait a minute. This church's message, has it cursed me or blessed me? You know, in this church, have I been taught about the love of God or have I been taught to hate? In this church's message, is it delivering me from guilt and condemnation or is it a church that's bringing guilt and condemnation over me? I'm telling you, is it a church where I'm being delivered from self-hatred to where I love my neighbors as myself because I can see the value of God's creative order and His pleasure in me and I love myself as the Lord teaches me? Is it a place where I'm being taught the Word of God, where I am being brought the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God, the Word of God and the blessing of God? If so, if somebody's negative to you, you need to tell them to shut up or maybe be nicer and say, peace, be still. <laughs> That's a nicer way to do it. 
But you've got to be a place where you can hear what God is saying through the prophet. Because if you'll hear the prophet, you'll prosper, the Bible says. You've got to believe the prophet's word. And secondly, you've got to believe that blessing you beyond your wildest of dreams is God's idea. This isn't some prosperity preacher's idea. This isn't somebody that got together in a council's idea. This is God's idea. Hallelujah. It's not a denomination's idea. It's not even your local churches or your pastor's idea. It is not man's idea. It is God's idea to bless you beyond your wildest dream. The devil's told you the opposite. The devil has tried to make God look like the big, bad, mean, uh, uh, angry old man in heaven that's just trying to find fault with you. And God says, I'm trying to do everything to get the curse off of you and get the blessing on you. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, It is written, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither is it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. I'm here to tell you, God got great things prepared for you greater than what you've even imagined. You've not seen it. You've not heard it. You've not even thunk it up yet. And I know that's not a word, but it sure sounds good. You ain't even thunk it up yet. Come on now. God's got greater things for you. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 and 20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that that works where? In us. He's going to work it in us. Uh, to Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. You're to get so blessed that it spills over and it takes care of the next generation and the next generation. They're all talking about my mama, my daddy was so blessed. Uh, my folks in the church were so blessed. Uh, my family was so blessed by God. That thing just can't get drowned. It cannot run out. The tub is not going to empty out. No. I'm telling you there's a spigot that is open of heaven and the water is continually coming in. The blessings are continuing to flow. He's exceeding, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Whose idea is that? Whose? God. And why am I making this point? Because too many Christians, they don't realize it's God's idea to bless us from this day forward. We've got to get our minds renewed. That gray matter between our ears can get us in trouble. It can get us in trouble. It, 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 you know, we're not to go out begging for the blessings of God. We're not, you know, God, please release your blessings. Release your blessings. He says, in Christ, all things are already yours. You just got to learn to mature in faith so that you can appropriate and take advantage of and have the transfer of that into your life. Because even if you're a child, even though you're an heir, you're no better off than the slave because you're still a child. We got to mature. We got to believe God. We got to be able to stand up and say, God, I believe the prophets were, and I believe it's your God, your, your idea to bless me beyond my wildest dreams. Here I am from this day forward. I'll walk in your blessings. We got to have our minds renewed. Amen. Stop getting others to intercede for you to try and change God's mind so he'll bless you. There's wasted time. Oh, God, you're so mean, but oh, if I can get enough intercessors to change his mind, maybe he'll bless me. Wait a minute. You missed who God is. And stop becoming the victim or the martyr so that God will feel sorry for you and say, you know, I feel so sorry for you, you poor pitiful thing. Here, let me give you a blessing, a handout. No, you got the wrong picture of God. And stop wandering off in rebellion because you feel like God has withheld blessings from you. Get your mind renewed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God today. Realize God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. God came up with the idea. And if we will do what He says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Everything else is released unto us. Hallelujah. We've got to have our minds renewed. That's why in Ephesians 4.22, He says, put off your old conduct. He didn't say, I'll take it. He didn't say, get your pastor to carve it out of your head. He said, you've got to realize that your old conduct, that old man, that, is, that was wrong. Wrong thinking, stinking thinking, has got to go. You've got to put it off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So you've got to put off that mindset. And you've got to put on the mind of Christ. 
Romans 12 and 22 says, uh, Romans 12 and 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. That word conformed means pressed into the mold of this world, this system of thought. But be transformed, our word metamorphosis, transformed, go from a caterpillar, in, 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 go through the metamorphosis process and come out a butterfly. Transformed to the next level, how? By the renewing of your mind. So that what? You may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, we've got to believe and we believe in our heart. But that belief begins with the processes of the thoughts in our mind. How we process them. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. But you've got to know the truth. So you've got to meditate on it. You've got to have your mind renewed by the Word of God so that you now, I, I, I see it, God. That's what you're saying. I believe that's what you're saying. And now you meditate on it. Meditate means ruminate. You, you, you begin to speak it unto yourself. You begin to say, this is what God said. I've got to undo that. I've got to put off that old mind. And I've got to superimpose God's thoughts over those old thoughts so that now I start thinking God's way. And then there, and I can't tell you the specific moment, but it ratchets, it ratchets in and becomes a belief system in your heart. Now from there, you've got faith to call that which is not as though it be and it will become. You've got faith to speak to a mountain and a mountain to move. You've got faith to call in heaven on earth in every area of your life. You've got faith to bind and loose and you've got faith to operate in authority. Hallelujah. But we got to have our minds renewed. Teacher, pastor is doing that, helping us right now. you got to be careful what you feed your mind. Let me tell you what. What you feed your mind influences and changes your mental health. You know, there's a lot of focus this day and age about mental health, and, and, and rightly so. But did you know the majority of mental health is spiritual warfare? Did you know that? And the Bible talks about faults that are contrary to Christ, faults that are contrary to the plan of God that we have to do something with. And those things you can't medicate away. Those things you can't, you can't just go and get in a, a, some kind of bodily position and focus at the waves that are how they crash on the seashore and, and take care of it. You've got to take weapons that are not carnal but mighty through God to pulling down stronghold. There's got to be some spiritual warfare in the mind that takes place. And the best thing to do is don't put garbage in because garbage in is garbage out. So many of us contaminate the very processor that's going to get us in faith and because of its contamination, we cannot operate in full faith. And Jesus is constantly saying to us, why do you have such little faith? And little faith, he didn't mean by the size like a mustard seed. It meant that it, it'll start well, but you get exhausted. It is a short-term faith. It'll start believing, but it doesn't continue to believe. It, it faces a little challenge and it throws in the towel. It won't run the race to win the race. He says, why are you exhausted? Why are you giving up? Because we're allowing the devil to do his stuff. The Bible says a strong des desire to discover the right knowledge and influence is a sign of wisdom. I applaud all of you here today and you who are tuning in because I believe that's why you're here. You want to discover right knowledge and in uh, influence, and that is a sign of wisdom. See, the Bible says that our minds can be washed by the Word and the Spirit of God. So it sounds like, just like you wash your clothes... I was with someone recently who forgot to wash their clothes. They looked all nice. Whew, it was rough. We were in tight quarters and it was quite rough. And I, they just, it was a morning session I was at and so they just showered. So I'm not thinking it was their body. It was stuff that was left on their clothes. Oh, I said, you know what? You need to wash your clothes. I didn't tell them that. No, I didn't. But the word washes the trash, the garbage that comes into our mind. We are to demolish arguments, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, or demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. We are to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you're going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you've got to set things in order in your mind. And if it doesn't line up with what God says, you've got to... Take, take, take it captive. 
and make it obedient to Christ. Brain, you're going you're gonna to think God's way. You're going to speak God's way. You're going to make decisions out of what God has said, not out of what your experiences say, not out of what other people say. You're going to make your decisions out of what God says. I came here to start this church, and everybody said, you're a fool to go up there. You don't know anybody. You got no money. We're not going to support you because we know it's going to be one of the high statistics of church plants. They all close. You're going to be one of those. We're not wasting our money. But I had a word from God. God said, I want you to come here and start a work. I want to start an international work. I want you to start something that's going to reach the world over. And I'm here and everybody's saying, what, there ain't nothing there. But God is saying, I'm here. And I stuck with what God said over what man said. And I can stand here today and experience the blessing of the Lord, whereas some of those folks are today not even in ministry or not even serving the Lord, which breaks my heart. But I'm here to tell you, you got to go with what God says. Hallelujah. Demolish the arguments that say you're not worthy to receive blessings of God. Demolish those. The fact is, if it was about worth, you are not worthy. It's not about you being worthy. It's the fact that Jesus paid the price and became a curse, took a curse off of us to get the blessing on us. That God wants to bless us with His kindness, with His goodness, and with His generosity. So, so He's not looking to bless you because you did everything right, because He'd never have anybody He could bless. He wants to bless you because He did everything right. From Genesis to Revelation, we see it was God's idea to bless His children. The first thing He said when He created mankind is, I bless you, be blessed. And I'm telling you, Jesus' first message was to be attitudes. Bless them. Blessed you are. Blessed you are. And when he's ascending under the heaven, the last message he gave is blessed. You're blessed. I'm here to tell you our God is a God of blessing. Hallelujah. But have you ever run up against a brick wall? It's like you just can't move forward and you don't know why. Okay. I've had experiences like that. And I would ask God, you know, God, what am I doing wrong? He said, well, do you want me to make a list? He said, you're going to have to get a whole ream of paper and go small print if you want me to make a list of all the things you're doing wrong. Okay? God said, you can either trust in you doing everything right or you can trust in my plan, my mercy, my grace, my unmerited favor that you don't deserve. I want to bless you, not because you've done everything right. I want to bless you and I want to show you how good I am. If you'll just put me first. Put my kingdom first. Rightly align yourself with me. I'll show you things that you couldn't even dream of, the good things I want to do for you. Believe it's God's idea to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And you got to believe that this is God's promise for you. Go ahead and touch yourself. This one's for me. This one's for me. I know a lot of sermons, we like, yeah, that one's for you. <laughs> you need to straighten up, walk right, and talk right. Yeah, that one's for you. But say, this one's for me. 1 Kings 5, uh, 8, 56. Not one promise. Say it with me. Not one promise. Say it again. Not one promise that God has made has ever failed to come to pass. You better get that in your spirit right now. Not one. Not one of the promises that God has made has ever failed to come to pass. He's not going to break his perfect record for you. Okay? Stop trying to be perfect before you receive them and put yourself in position of repenting and putting Him first in every area of your life and begin to receive them. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God are what? Yes. yes and amen. Yes in Him and amen in Him to the glory of God through us. Hallelujah. We've got to believe it's God's promise for you that from this day forward, the day you repent and you put first his kingdom and his righteousness from that day, which can be this day forward, I will bless you. And then the final one that from this day forward, you don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till you go improve yourself for a month or a quarter you can start right now from this day forward. He will bless us. We must be forward-focused. And in being forward-focused, there's some things we have to forget, like our past sins. Yes, I know there's consequences, and God's grace and strength and wisdom will help you even with consequences, but stop thinking they disqualify you from any future with God. Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I will be merciful to the unrighteous, 
and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. This covenant that he's made, we, the unrighteous, if we will repent and seek first his kingdom and his right, he says that covenant will cover you as well. And I won't even remember your lawless deeds anymore. Hallelujah. Anybody got some junk in your trunk that you want to forget? God's forgot it. If you've repented and the blood of Jesus has washed you white as snow, he's not bringing it up. It's over. It's done. Why are you bringing it up? Why are you still hauling that junk in your trunk? Drive up to the dumpster, not the church's dumpster. We don't want you to... (laughs) Drive up to the dumpster, open the trunk, and get that junk out. There's some stuff we got to let go of. we got to let go of, say, our past limitations. They were self-imposed, and, or maybe they are there because of what others said, and we believe what they said rather than what God said, and we let what others said define us rather than what God says about us. There's some ideas that we have to change. I guarantee you, every one of you, I know the most pristine, perfect person that you think you are sitting here today, you got some ideas that's still stinking thinking. I guarantee you. We have to be ever learning, ever having the Word of God cleansing. It's a daily relationship, a daily growth process. Hallelujah. There's some things that we need to put away. Okay? That disease that they say you inherited, you'll always have it. Take that thought captive. Make it obedient to the anointing of Christ. And say, wait a minute. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed that he was not only wounded for my transgressions, but he was bruised for my iniquities. He bled under the skin to take care of that stuff that passed under the surface from generation to generation. That thought that you'll always have that limitation. Put it away. That you'll always walk with that limp. Let a doctor or let some authority tell me, I'm always going to walk with this limp. I'm always going to live with this poverty. I'm going to always live less than enough. I'm going to always live not smart enough. You just tell me that. And I'll grab it with a smile on my face and I'll throw it under the blood of Jesus and see what the blood of Jesus does. And then I'll say, what do you say, God? And God will say, get up and walk without a limp. Go ahead and dream and invest in what I'm doing and see that I won't open the windows of heaven and provide for you. You'll always be an alcoholic. You'll always have a weak eye. You'll always be this. You'll be it. No, put it away. Put it away. If any man is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. So stop defining me by this world's limitations. I'm in Christ. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. I keep, this is probably the heartbeat of our church. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He went to a cross, died on a cross, died on that tree to get the curse off of us so he could get the blessing of Abraham on us. Why won't we receive it? Why won't we walk in it and bring honor and glory to what he did on Calvary's tree? Greater is he, 1 John 4 and 4. Greater is he. Greater, 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 greater than anything anybody said, anything anybody's done. Greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, be careful. Don't put junk in your mind. Put the word of God. You got to watch the diet of the mind. I'm telling you. You got to be careful who you listen to. You got to you got to be careful, right? Who you submit your mind to. You got to be careful what music you listen to. You you say, oh, well, I just like my. You better be careful. The old man like me like that, and the old man liked it because it fed the old man's ideology, which was Satan's kingdom, where he brings <laughs> death, destruction, and theft. Right. So, pastor, you tell us what music to listen to. I'm just telling you, get smart up. And you better be careful what you're putting in your mind because the mind is the very beginning control center of processes of where whether or not it's going to go into your heart is a healthy belief system or an unhealthy belief system. A lot of people have faith in the wrong thing. Be it unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. You got to watch what you watch on television and what movies you watch. You say, ah, well, I'm, he and the sun sets free, it's free indeed. There's therefore now no condemnation of those in Christ. I can go watch anything I want. If you're smart, why in the world? It would be like you 
poisoning your child with strychnine and then fighting to save their life, and all you got to do is stop putting it in their sippy cup. Why? Why live through the process of always trying to live on the edge of survival and trying to save things when so much of it is because we open up the door and we let the destructive forces of hell come in? We're the children of God. Old pastor saying we can't watch TV or watch movies. I did not say that. If anybody said I said that, you have my, I have a, my permission to tell them, shut up. No, peace be still. <laughs> I remember I used to, uh, as I was evangelist, I was single and I evangelized and did a lot of youth revivals. And there was this one rather wealthy family that was in this particular church that I went to and, uh, and I'd keep coming back. And the pastor had them put me up in their home because they didn't have children and they had a large home and many rooms and I would always go and we would sit and discuss the Bible and discuss the things of the Lord and you know it was just almost like church outside of church and it was so formal that I really wasn't able even at times to feel like I would relax because they would keep having me back at that church over and over so many times and so I I was in that home a lot. And uh, I remember it was probably my seventh or eighth time staying there. They said, uh, uh, Brother Tim, uh, we, we, we're going to expose ourselves to you. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> they said, come on back to this bedroom. I said, uh-uh, I'm out the door. I'm out the door. They said, no, no, no. It's not a bedroom. It's been transformed into a little private family room. You know, come back and we'll show you. I said, okay. So I went back there a little cautious and... And it was set up like a little living room, you know, a little family room. And they got this beautiful family room we usually sit in. Didn't have a television in that room, and I'd noticed that, but hey, each to his own, it's no problem. And, uh, and in that little, that little smaller bedroom, uh, we sat down, and I said, well, well, this is cozy, uh, this is nice. And they said, well, here's what we want to show you. And they walked up to the closet and, and slid the closet door back, and there was a little TV sitting in the closet with some rabbit ears and some tinfoil and stuff. And they said, our pastor preaches against watching TV. That's the one-eyed devil, he says. And, and we really probably would lose our membership in the church if he knew we had this. And we feel so guilty all the time. And you just seem to, to just, you know, would you help us? to feel better about our sin, you know, because you just seem to have a, a, a message that brings hope, and we've been feeling like we're going to hell. You know, we're on the altar every Sunday repenting for watching TV back here, and, you know, we're watching I Love Lucy and Andy Griffith, and we, we can't see anything really wrong with Andy Griffith. Barney's a little nutty, but you know what? You know, and I, Oh, my, my. I'm not here telling you. I'm not here telling you not to watch TV. I'm just telling you, be careful what you watch. I'm not here to tell you don't watch a movie. I'm telling you, be careful what you watch because it's going to affect. You're opening up the door of your mind to good or bad and it's going to determine the warfare you're going to have to deal with. And God wants you to take he who is greater in you to live it through you to show the world his great blessing nature and establish his covenant. Hallelujah. He wants you to prosper to establish his covenant in this day and age. So here's what we're going to do. We got to believe the prophet's word. We got to believe it's God's idea to bless us beyond our wildest dreams. We got to believe that this is God's promise and he's never failed on ever failed on delivering a promise. It's God's promise for me today. You got to believe that. It's for me. Say it's for me. Come on, say it's for me. And you got to believe from this day forward. This day forward. If I'll do what they did, if you know, the old covenant, if I'll do what they did then, I'm, I'm, I, let me tell you what, that, that'll line me up, but it's going to even be better. It's going to even be better. They repented. God, we're so sorry. We were all about building our kingdom. And we didn't put first your kingdom. It wasn't that you didn't want us to have house. You didn't want to. It wasn't that you didn't want us to have clothes. It wasn't that you didn't want us to have food. It wasn't any of that. Because God says, if you'll just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, I'll I'll give you houses and land, houses you didn't build. I'll give you vineyards you didn't plant. I'll give it. But you got to put me first. They failed to put him first. My question to you: Is God first? in every area of your life. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to show you now. God, show me an area. Please, God, show me an area. If it's not that you're first. Because I want to repent. Just tell him, talk to him. God, I want to repent. My heart is ready to change my mind, change my course, change the way I walk. I'm ready to repent, Lord. God, I know your forgiveness is flowing and I'm ready to receive your forgiveness. Ask him to show you. Is there an area of my life where he's not first? Where I'm still more concerned about building my kingdom than first building his kingdom? It's not that he's against. He's the king of kings. Lord of lords. That means he's the king, big K, of the little kings. There's a kingdom. He's going to give you responsibility over your kingdom. But he has to be the big K king. And lordship, stewardship, management. He wants you to be a lord. Manage a kingdom expansion that he's given to you, which ultimately is surrendered to the big L Lord so that his kingdom that is first can manifest through the little kingdom that you're, you're working in, the sphere of influence you have. So it's not this, I've got I've to turn away from everything about me and cut myself and be nothing so that I, that's given his kingdom priority. No. He says, I want you to have houses. I want you to have clothes. I want you to have land. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. But I don't want you to put your kingdom first. That your kingdom is an expansion of my kingdom. That you're an ambassador. Amen? Holy Spirit, show us. God, this is so important. I know, I know, Lord. I hear your spirit. It's so important that we identify there's any areas of our life where you're not first. In our speech, first. In our thoughts, first. In our actions, first. In our relationships, first. In our finances, first. In our coming and going of scheduling of life, first. Show us, Lord. Oh, that we can repent. You sent the prophet... You made them aware because you wanted them to rightly align themselves so that you could bless them. Not that you could curse them. You didn't want to. You didn't want to fuss at them. You just wanted them to recognize where they were going wrong so they could right it so that you could bless them. That's what you're doing here today. You're showing us where we're going wrong. Show us, Holy Spirit. Oh, take this time to repent. As he shows you, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. I I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. Just ask him right now. Oh, he's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, that I've not put you first in my relationships. I've not put you first in my family. I've not put you first in my business. I've not put you first in my finances. I've not put you first in my health. I've not put you first in the plans that I've made for life. I've not put you first. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Change my mind. An about face turn. I turn to you and I turn to your way and I say today, from this moment on, I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness that is first in every area of my life. Now, God, take me, use me. Let your blessings flow through me for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. For thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To you be all glory, honor, and praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.